Well, I learned with him, you know, whatever I was learning, I was learning uh, Gemarashi Tosas. He was, you know, in fourth grade, and that's what he was learning. And when I was in yeshiva, I started learning uh, Rav Shimon. You know, he was in seventh grade, he learned Rav Shimon. So whatever, he was, uh, he really uh, was, uh, I don't know, it's called but uh, pretty, pretty serious guy, uh, you know, Rosh Yeshiva of Maidan came recently and he told me, oh, he hangs out with Betzal. Betzal is a big Tamil Chacham, so coming from Rosh Yeshiva at Gush. And, um, and Betzal, uh, you know, speaks extremely highly of Rev Carmel and he said, we really should have him here if there's any opportunity. And so that was uh, the impetus for, uh, for um, trying to coordinate this. And really thank you very much to Rev Carmel for, for coming out. And, um, you know, that's, that, that, that alone would have been enough. I think uh, over Shabbos... Uh, Getting to learn much more about the work of Eretz Chemda and and um, lend much more uh, meaningfulness, you know. Besides for for the great Torah, the the tremendous work that there of Carmel does in uh, the the based in system and uh, bringing about a, a system where uh, where the secular courts are, are referring cases to be adjudicated under uh, halachic laws is, is unbelievable. And uh, so you know what what they do is is amazing. And um, so. I'm glad we had the opportunity for, for Rav Carmel to come. And uh, as Rabbi Shunin mentioned, uh, the Shabbos was really sponsored by Yeretz Chemda. Um, we usually, the, the committee um, uh, offers an honorarium or, you know, in appreciation of people generally of scholar and residents coming. Rav Carmel refused to take anything for the Shabbos or for Kol Yom Rishon. Um, so it's really sponsored by, uh, by Eretz Chemda. And I encourage everybody to look at the Yitzchamda website, and of course become uh, become an active uh, active participants in uh, in learning Torah and uh, and supporting the uh, the institution. Um, no further ado, Kovan Rav Carmel. Welcome to everyone. With the kind permission of Rabbi Schmidman, I would like first of all to thank Rabbi Schmidman and his wife for hosting me and inviting me. I would like to thank the Daniel family, Dove, for organizing, or with his wife, organizing this uh, visit for, to T- David and uh, Tamar, Daniel, for hosting the Shur Torah and Tea yesterday, to the Jacobsons for hosting the Onik Shabbat, and to the Craigers, to make this morning available and uh, tasty for everyone. And uh, thank you all for a wonderful weekend that I spent here. I started with Rabbi Jabalon at the Torah Academy. And this is the last year for this uh, visit. I thank you all. Thank you so much. With your kind permission, I will try to explain a little more the Jewish view on the question of separation between church and state, so-called here in the states. In the last two centuries, Jews prefer for sure to live in states which have a strong separation between church and state. Jewish life was much more safe, much more comfortable in such a situation. But we need to ask ourselves, what is the Jewish model for this question? How 
our sages, our the prophets, looked on such a question. It's very difficult to find sources in the words of our sages because most or a big part, you can say the majority of Torah Shebaal Peh was written in a situation that the Jews didn't manage an independent, a real independent Jewish state. And the Jews lose independency many years before the destruction of the Second Temple. And let's remember why they lose it, not because of outside enemies, because of what we call, in a very nice name, Machloket Leshem Shamayim, inside our nation. Okay, I'm mentioning it because we are now Spirata Omer, and... Uh, the students of Rabbi Akiva passed away directly because of encouraging too much machlokot inside our nation. Okay. Once, not once, but it happened rarely, in the time of King David, the Jews all came and to call it Jews, it's not uh, enough, uh, I will call it uh, in Hebrew, Meduyak, because it was not the Jews, it was the old Jewish nation, the old sons of Jacob came to David, who was sitting in Hebron as the leader of the Judah tribe, as the king of the Judah tribe, but not as a full king. He got what Begin, the Prime Minister, called, he got an autonomy from the Philistines. This was the situation on the seven first <coughs> years of King David when he was the king, so called, of the Jews, exactly the Jews, in Hebron, but only the Jews, not the other tribes. Then, uh, seven years after the passing, after that Shaul was killed in the battlefield in the Gilboa, only seven years later, the all tribes came to Hebron asking David to be King David, the king of the whole nation. And then he made a very, very, very smart step. He didn't choose Hebron as the capital city for the Jewish nation. He didn't choose Shechem as the capital city of the Jewish nation. But he chose small city, without any Jews there. It was a small city only with Gentiles. We have proofs to it. And this small city was, didn't belong to any tribe. Yerushalayim lo nitchalka leshvatim. 
it was on the border in between the Judah tribe and the Benjamin tribe. And today, on your next time to your visit to Yerushalayim, come to visit Eretz Hamda. On your way, you will go for sure on Yafo Street. You cannot come to Yerushalayim with, with no passing Jaffa Street. When you are coming from Tel Aviv, when you are going on Yafo Street, on the right side, this will be the place of Judah. On the left side, exactly, this is the place of the Minyamin tribe. Yerushalayim is making a combi- combine the sons of Leah together with the sons of Rachel. And he made a declaration that this new city that he is going to build up will be the capital city for the only United Nation. And let's be optimistic. It took the Jewish nation more than 400 years from the time of Yoshua Binun till the time of David Amelech to make themselves united. Let's hope and pray that we will do it much more quicker. But it was also a declaration of independence. Independence. In the minute that King David declared Yerushalayim as the capital city for the, for the whole nation, it was also a declaration that from now we are a Jewish independent state. Because for the last 400 years, the Judah tribe was under the kings of the Philistines, not the Palestinians, the Philistines. It's two separate people. This is the reason that immediately after this declaration, the Philistines attacked King David twice, and he, thank God, defeated them. How? It's a long story. Let's leave it to another time. It's a hint that I enjoyed very much and I'm calling you to invite me again. <laughs> okay. After that, a new state needs recognition from the other nations. You can declare yourself as an independent state, but no one is recognizing you, it's nothing. The best way to get recognition from the other states is to find who are the enemies of your enemies. This was always the international politics way. Oyev oyviu yedidi. Who are the enemies, the economic enemies of the Philistines? The Phoenicians, the kings of Tzor Sidon and Tyre, who 
have a strong competition with the Philistines, which we just read yesterday in the Aftarah, were sailors and they came from the islands of the Mediterranean Sea. <coughs> so the first state in the world who recognized politically and internationally the first Jewish state was King Hiram and let's take a look at source number one Pasuk Yud Aleph Hiram Melech Tzor Malachim El David How you translate Malachim in this Pasuk not in general Malach in Hebrew have a lot of meanings I will give you one example according to the Sfatimet Malach and Melacha is the same ok, we have for every term in Hebrew a lot of meanings what is ir the exact translation for the term Malachim it's not angels it's not messengers it's ambassadors is creation is creating a diplomatic relationship with the new Jewish state and here in Lower Marion in Philadelphia I don't need to explain why scientific connections between states is something which is so important for the development of every state. A state which have no, which is not recognized, the level of its universities is down. As much you have more co international connections in between the states and in between the universities, the level of science, the level of living, the level of everything is much higher. And if you have good connections in between states, you can import and export. King David needed urgently to build up a state, not only a group of tribes, but a real state with facilities of states, of a state, he needed two things. <coughs> First of all, scientific knowledge, and in the and plus what we call in Hebrew chomrei gelem. What is the best uh, raw, raw, raw materials? Raw materials. Raw materials. Okay. To build up institutions. In the land, in the new state, you need today some materials. In this time, you needed big trees, ciders, arazim. The only one who can give the Jews such big trees to build up facilities for a state, not for some villages, was the Phoenicians. They had also the scientific knowledge how to build up such facilities. And this is what the 
Pasuk is speaking about in the end of the Pasuk. Take a look again. Pasuk Yud Aleph. What Hiram sent to King David. This is the raw materials. And Harashei Etz Harashei Even. We are speaking about people with the knowledge, the scientific knowledge, how to use these things and how to build up a Jewish state. Vaivnu Bait Le David. How we translate Bait in this Pasuk to English? It could be Bait, it could be Om, but for sure it's not an Om. It could be a palace. But, to my humble opinion, it's what we call Kiryat HaMemshalah. Kiryat Melech Rav in the language of the Bible. We are speaking about the all facilities which the government need if they want to manage a state. It was not like the mall in Washington, D.C., but it was something very fundamental and very necessary in this time for the new state of the Jews in Yerushalayim. And I will prove it in some minutes later. Okay. So, politically, the Jewish state was established. They have a king, they are united, they have foreign relationships, they have ambassadors, they have the connection to get more knowledge and materials that they need. Everything is okay. But now David is making a new decision which is not less important. Take a look on the next source. Source number two. On source number two, the Bible the prophet is dealing with, me, with the question of making Yerushalayim the center of spiritual life for the, for the Jewish nation. And it, today it seems naturally that Yerushalayim is the capital city and Yerushalayim is also a center of Torah and spirituality. But in Jewish history, till the time of King David, where was the center for spirituality? It was in the Gilgal, in Shiloh. Shiloh was destroyed by the Philistines. After that, it moved to Nov. Nov was uh, destroyed by King Shaul. Then it was uh, in Givon. And it was not the center for political life. So the first one to make the connection between the political center and the spiritual center was King David by making the decision, by taking the decision to bring to Yerushalayim forever the Holy Ark. This is the meaning of this step. And then, naturally, the next step is to build up the temple forever in Yerushalayim. And from this moment, there is no any other place who could say, we are the center for spiritual life. 
And the prophet of this era agree with King David. Take a look at source number three. King David is coming to Nathan and he is telling him, I want to build up the temple in Jerusalem. And what was the answer of Nathan, the prophet, his prophet, his personal mentor? Pasuk Gimel, Vayomer Nathan el Amelech, Kol Asher Bilvavcha Lech Aseke Hashem Imach. This is what God wants from you. The end of the story was that in the same night, Nathan got a prophecy, stop him. Why? This is another issue. But what we can see that the Jewish state is not separating the spiritual life from the political life. It's going together in the same place. We will speak about the relationships between these two sides of the national life. But we can see for sure that King David is establishing a Jewish state with a capital city which is the center for Ruhaniyut and the center of <coughs> Politica. Okay. Now, let's jump to the next generation. The son of King David, King Solomon, Amelech Shlomo, he made the first Jewish state something huge. He became the most influential king in the ancient world from every, from every aspect. And he was the one to build up new facilities for the mega state which he was the king of. And now let's take a look about two issues. One shortly and the second we shall deal with it much more in detail. Let's see the structure of the Prakim who are dealing with the time of King Solomon. Eleven chapters in Sefer Melachim are dealing with this special person and personality. The first two chapters is the story regarding moving the leadership from King David to King Shlomo. It was not simple. It was against the opinion of the majority of the nation. But this is another story. From Perek Gimel till Perek A, the Prophet is dealing with the structure of the state of King Shlomo. Prakim Vav Zain Chet is dealing with the Mikdash. Prakim Tet Yud is going back to the structure of the state. So it's like a sandwich. Both sides dealing with the state, inside dealing with the Mikdash. We can see again that it's going together in the opinion, not only of King David, but also of King Solomon. But now, let's go to a very interesting point. We are now on Chodesh Iyar. 
About 3,000 years ago, on Chodesh Yar, something happened. Something very special. Something which changed the life of the Jewish nation forever. <coughs> King Solomon started to build up the Mikdash. Take a look at source number 5. This is the only one place in the Bible that the prophet is counting to Yetziat Mitzrayim. And it's giving us a very interesting view on Jewish history. I will give you now a principle. We don't have the time to go into the details. If somebody wants the details, he can email me. After that, I will send him the whole answer. Jewish history is always a group of 480 years. I will give you some examples. From Abraham Avinu till Yetziat Mitzrayim, 480. From Yetziat Mitzrayim till the beginning of the first temple, 480. From the beginning of the first temple till the beginning of the second temple, 480. Go farther, you will see that it's going on this way. What happened then? Why, if we waited four years, it's another question. It means It started on the fourth year, on Chodesh Yar, to build up the temple. When he finished, take a look on Pasuk Lametchet. How much time it took him to finish, to build up the temple? Seven years. On the 11th year, in Chodesh Marcheshvan, Chodesh Bull, he finished to build up this huge project. In seven years, the temple was standing in the heart of the Jewish nation in Yerushalayim. Now, let's go a little further to source number six. Vet Beito Shlomo, and now I will not ask to translate the term Beito, because we spoke about it. Vet Beito Shlomo, Beito. So our sages is asking how it could be. That's a huge project of Beit HaMikdash. It took him only seven years. And to build up his palace, it took 13 years. And they are giving him a strong compliment. When Shlomo HaMelech was dealing with the public issue of building up the temple, he didn't sleep in the night. And it took him only seven years. But when it became to his private questions, his private problems, it took him a long time, 13 years. It's a, like to make him like in Facebook. But we will see after that another shot. Let's jump now when we shall go back to source number six data. Source number seven. As, as is a very short word in English, in Hebrew. But it's a special one. Every time when the prophet is using as, it means 
pay a lot of attention to this point. As Yakel Shlomo et Zikne Israel et kol rashi amatot nesiyah avot libne Israel amel Shlomo Yerushalayim lealot et Aaron brit Hashem meir David itzion King David brought the holy ark to Yerushalayim. Now we are going to the next step, putting the holy ark inside the temple. When it happened, Vayikalu el Amelach Shlomo Kolish Israel, Beyerach Haitanim, which is Tishrei, Bechag, which is Sukkot, U Achodesh Ashvi. So now, please tell me, on which year it was? If we finish to work on Cheshvan of the eleven years, on the, of the eleven year, on which Tishrei he invited the people to celebrate Hanukkah Tavayit. It was eleven months before, or it was one month before we finished. What do you think? It depends, this is a very good question for a psychologist. Why? There are two characters. Some people are inviting their friends, their family to celebrate the new house before they are finishing. They are anxious. They want to celebrate, to start, to live there. There they need to paint something, there they need to fix something. No, no problem. We are celebrating. Some people Another character. If, if everything is not 100%, they are not inviting the people. Only about a year after they came inside to live, they are inviting the people. So, we can leave it to the psychologist to make a decision on which character was Shlomo Amelich. But I will give you another explanation for now, and then in the end of the show I will give you another Maybe this was not what made Shlomo Melech to take this decision. We have a key word here, Vayakel, Vayikalu. We have a special mitzvah of Akel. So the decision when to make the celebration depend on the mitzvah of Akel. On the, fa- and on the newest time which Akel happened, then he invited the people. It could, it could be 11 months after. It could be one month before. Because this is a golden opportunity that everyone is coming to Jerusalem once in seven years. Okay. Let's go a little farther and we shall see another way to, to understand it. This Let's go to source number eight. יוד, שנה, אשר בנה שלמה את שני הבתים, את בית השם ואת בית המלך. The prophet is thinking that we didn't graduate the first grade in school. A big chidush. 7 plus 13 is exactly 20. We need the profit for it. 
Why the, the Bible is mentioning such a detail? Everyone knows that if it took him seven years to build up the Mikdash and thirteen years to build up the palace, it's together twenty. Well, it is a Kiddush. Because the one after the other are together or parallel. No, for sure. For sure it was one after the other. It's written. It's written. In source number six that it's one after the other. So now I want to give another explanation. This special event of bringing the Holy Ark inside the temple was something which happened once in Jewish history. And it was really the real test if King Solomon is King Solomon or is Another name on the list, of the list. Because to build up Beit HaMikdash, it's really a huge project. You need money, you need knowledge, you need many things. But it's nothing if the Shekhinah is not coming there. Because to have another palace, you have many wonderful buildings all over the world. But to have a place, Makom Kavua La Shechina, this is the question. When we are praying, we are not praying for the building. We are praying for the present of the Shechina there. Without it, forgive me, it's nothing. To build up only Makom Amigdash is not enough. Necessary, but it's not enough. We need to be in such a spiritual level that the Shekhinah will come back. <laughs> so, this day of bringing the Holy Ark inside the Kodesh Kodashim is a very special day. And we know that Shlomo Amelech was anxious on this day. It's a very problematic step to do such a thing. Chazal is giving us many explanations to the problems of such a day. One problem was that the doors didn't want to be open. And then everyone said, oh, this is the son of Bathsheba. <laughs> He will uh, have the privilege to have the Shekhinah in Yerushalayim. It was really dangerous to take the Holy Ark. Everyone remembered what happened to Uzzah. <coughs> the question is if the fire will come from heaven to the altar is also a very important question and also a dangerous one ask we are just after the question if the clouds will come from the tent of Sarah and Abraham the same cloud of Akedat Yitzchak the same clouds of Matan Torah 
if these clouds will be also not only on the Mishkan in the desert but also on Beit HaMikdash? This is a critical question. This was such a, a special time that on this celebration it was once in Jewish history that all the Jews ate on Yom Kippur. The celebration ended on Shmini Atzeret 14 days before it's including Yom Kippur and every Jew ate on this holiday because it was once in Jewish history. And now if this is so special we need to understand on which date it was on which year and the answer is this happened after 20 years only when Shlomo HaMelech finished to build up his bite and his bite is not his own apartment it's not our business if he finished his kitchen or not. If we have two things or one. This is a private question. The question is if Yerushalayim have the all facilities to be the center of the world. To be what Yeshayahu Navi is describing in Perek Bet. This really what Shlomo HaMelech wanted. And we, let's take a look what really is under the title Ve'et Beito. Take a look at source number six again. Ve'even, Pasuk Bet, Et Beit Yara Levanon. What is Beit Yara Levanon? According to the Midrash, Beit Yara Levanon is Beit Amigdash who makes the sins of Am Israel white. We just read about it yesterday in Parashat Achreimot, in Yom Kippur. But the pshat is that this was a huge, one of the biggest halls in the world. That everyone who arrived to Yerushalayim was astonished. And we said, wow, something special is happening here. Take a look. Even at Beit Yara Levanon, Mea Ama Orko. How much it is in meters? 60 meters. Let's make it in American measures. How much is it? 100 and 80. What? Feet. 190 feet. It means 30 meters. It means about 100 feet. It's about two dunams. How, what, how, do you, how many acres? Half an acre. Half an acre. It's a huge room. What was the high of this room? 18 meters. More than 50 feet. It's about seven floors. One room. It's a little smaller than the room 
room of Boeing in Seattle, which today is the biggest room in the world. But it's the hugest room in the world in the time of Shlomo HaMelech. And it was something magnificent. We don't have the time to explain what else it was there. But this is not a home. It's not an apartment. It's not a living room and a dining room and a place to sleep. We are speaking about something which makes Yerushalayim special. We shall see the Pesukim. Let's jump to Pasuk Vav. It's also huge. What about the Supreme Court? Take a look on Pasuk Zayn. What about Misrad Achutz? Foreign Affairs Office. Take a look on Pasuk Chet. The most important ambassador in Yerushalayim in the time of King Solomon was Bat Paro. Pharaoh was the most important king in the world in this time, and to have the daughter of Pharaoh in Yerushalayim means that King Solomon is above Pharaoh. This is what we will read tomorrow morning, and every Monday morning, Take a look at source number 9. Tehilim is give us a description of Yerushalayim in the time of Shlomo HaMelech. Shir Mizmor Livnei Korach. Gadol Hashem Umeulal Meod Be'ir Elokeinu Ar Kodcho. What is Ir Elokeinu? Yerushalayim. What is Ar Kodcho? Beit HaMikdash. Yefe Nof Mesos Kol Haaretz. Arzion Yarketei Tzafon Kiryat Melech Rav What is Kiryat Melech Rav? Israel today 64 years after the establishment of the new Jewish state don't have a full Kiryat Melech Rav Many facilities of the government is not in the permanent place Misrad HaChinuch is not there Misrad HaBitachon is not there Misrad HaMishpatim is not there It's a lot of work to be done but in the time of King Solomon, Yerushalayim was Kiryat Melech Rav. Who is the Melech Rav? Who is Melech Rav? The big, big, big king. Who is he? This is the question when the doors didn't open. Miu Melech HaKavod? Hashem Tzvaot? Or King Solomon? It was something to make clear on this time. But it could be both, because King Solomon represents the kingdom of God. Elohim be'armenotea nodale misgav. Armenotea is the old palaces, the old list of palaces, including Beit HaMikdash in the middle. And you, if you will go further in this perk, till when we have time to go. No, no, not any time. <laughs> because I... Okay, let's say the Gamon. So now, let's go... Let's go to Pasuk Yud Gimel. We are before Yom Yerushalayim. It's a good time to call everyone. 
סובו ציון ואקיפוה ספרו מגדליה. It's not only one tower, it's a lot of towers. It's not the tower of David of today, which is an Ottoman building. We are speaking about Jerusalem of the time of King David and King Solomon. Many, many Migdalim all over Jerusalem. And Migdal is not a small tower, a narrow tower. Migdal in the language of the Bible is a huge palace. שיטו לבכם לחילה, פסגו ארמנותיה למען תספרו לדור אחרון. כי זה אלוהים אלוהינו עולם ועד הוא ינהגנו על מות. forever, from this point, ירושלים will be the center and the heart of the Jewish nation. When it happened on this special day, on this special month, On this special celebration, after 20 years, it was not one month before or 11 months later. It was after 20 years from the beginning of this project. And this is really a declaration. We can not separate between Yerushalayim as the only center for the Jewish nation and Yerushalayim as the center for political life of the Jewish nation but now give me the permission to say something to the other way we cannot separate them but we are not allowed also to mix them separation between Torah and politi- politics must be something that we need to keep. We need good relationships. We cannot separate and say Israel is a regular state. Israel is a Jewish state. We hope that to make Israel more Jewish. The Israeli government must support Jewish education. But if a rabbi will ask me if to be the Minister of Education in the Israeli government, I will answer him, for sure not. I don't know any rabbi in the history of the Jewish state Israel that the, the state or the rabbi win from this combination. To be a rabbi and a politician in the same time. It's two separate tasks. It's the same state. The state is worshiping Hashem and trying to do something which will be a center for the Jewish nation and also, I hope, Orla Goyim. And the spiritual life is a part of the life of the state. But to mix them, it's bringing, to my opinion, to my humble opinion, a lot of damage. So, we are really looking on Israel as a Jewish state with two aspects. We cannot separate them, but we also need to be very, very careful not to mix them. 
because a lot of damage is happening if we are mixing them. And we can see also the Bible. The Bible is makes the connection. The Bible is not make something which is what we call in Hebrew Salat. We have the chapter, chapters regarding the state and the facilities of the states and the establishments of the states and we have another chapters dealing with spirituality, dealing with Torah, dealing with Kedusha, dealing with Beth HaMikdash. But to have the Shechina coming back to Yerushalayim, we need both. We need a state with all the establishments with which a state needs. It's including army, including universities, including industry, including foreign affairs, including all these special things, which is very important. And we need for sure strong spiritual life and high level moral life. If we will have the privilege to have these two things, Be'ezrat Hashem, we can dream about Chazarat HaShchinah on the old structure. Think about it. If somebody will have any question, it will be my pleasure to try to answer. Please. Somebody who appreciates Jewish education, somebody who knows how to manage such a big system, and there is to be a Rav is one test, and to be the manager of the education system is another position with other things that you need to learn for. Yes, they need, I spoke in the beginning about United Our Nation. And you know, the, one of the most important prophecies of our generation is the prophecy of Scharia. Scharia spoke, and now we are in between Yom Ha'atzmaut and Yerushalayim, and I will tell you a very short story. One of the giants of Yerushalayim, he was not a basketball player, but he was a giant. <laughs> in Yerushalayim was Rabbi Gustman, Zecher Tzadik Livracha. And Ravadari, who was the establisher of Yeshivat HaKotel, told me the story about him and Rabbi Gustman. One day on Yom Yerushalayim, every Yom Yerushalayim, we have a big march in Yerushalayim. People are coming from all over Israel and they are marching in Yerushalayim. So Rav Adari, many years ago, he took his daughters to see the march. And then he is meeting Rabbi Gustman, the old Rosh Hashiva, the famous Rosh Hashiva, and he is asking him, please, Rabbi Gustman, don't ask me what I am doing here, but what you are doing here. And Rabbi Gustman gave him a very strong answer. He gave him the answer that if somebody was unfortunately in Auschwitz, and he was there, and now we see the prophecy of Zechariah becoming reality. Od yeshvuz kenim uzkanot eladim veiladot mesarakim berchovot Yerushalayim. He cannot stay at home. 
But the same prophet Zechariah is speaking also about shalom between Zerubbabel ben Sha'altiel and Yoshua ben Yotzadak. Zerubbabel ben Sha'altiel was a descendant of King David. Yoshua ben Yotzadak was the Kohen Gadol. If, if there will be a met v'shalom in tweet between, between both of them, this is the best way to bring redemption, Be'erat Hashem. Please, you, you want to ask something? Okay. Please. You're, you're not saying that the religious parties shouldn't be involved in the government. You're saying that the... the no, I'm not speaking now about it to have religious parties or not. This is a, another question. So you're saying some minister from Shas shouldn't be a rabbi. I am not giving advice to Shas or Rabobadia Yosef, and I will tell you the truth, Rabobadia Yosef is not asking me for advice. <laughs> but I am speaking about too much connections, which mix Torah and money. Torah and politicians. It's not good for anyone. Please. I assume that you had a problem with the Israeli Supreme Court decision on Rabbi Druckmann's conversions. That I have a problem? Well, <laughs> they got involved with the religious aspect. <laughs> you know, they were very, very aware, the Supreme Court. Did you read their decision? No. Okay, I, I give you, you didn't ask me, but I will give you an advice <laughs> to read it. They were, they were very aware not to go inside the Allahi question. If they criticize some Dayanim, it's about other issues, and I will tell you something. You have a wonderful rabbi here, Rabbi Shminman, I am jealous that you have such a rabbi here. <laughs> As you know, there is a principle. If all the community loves the rabbi, he's not a rabbi. <laughs> but if all the community is hating the rabbi, he's not a mensch. <laughs> and what the Supreme Court asked the Dayanim was not to be rabbis, but to be mensch. And this is nice. Yes, please. This is a point you didn't mention, but I think it's implied in what you said. Um, the Torah, uh, in particular, the Sefer Devarim, talks about a centralization of the Bekoma uh, Mikdash, or the, 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 uh, the sanctuary, but no, no, nowhere uh, I, 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 I identifies it by name. These biblical narratives, in Sefer Shmuel and Malachim, that you were citing, in effect, fill in that missing blank by David's action of making Yerushalayim the capital and by the prophecy of Natan that gives a meaning and content to the notion of I agree with you it was a int it was a big riddle where is and some giants in Torah and prophecy like Shmuel Anavi Shaul HaMelech David HaMelech, in one night, which was mentioned in Sefer Shmuel Aleph, and Chazal is given explanation to it, were sitting and learning at, and have at, at a spiritual adventure 
trying to find where is Amakom. And the final decision was that Arabite, so called in this time, the place of the Yevusi, this is the place. It's not written in the Torah. It was a decision which was made on the generation of Shmuel Anavi, Natan Aroe, Gad Achose, King Shaul, and King David. Yes. Okay. Who makes the Akhlata? Who? Zata? Shabbat Shalom.